Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, I'm Jenny Gwen, and this is Catholic Moms in the Middle. So today, I want to share with you about a retreat that I am hosting in January with Father Dan Rehill. And to help me, I have invited Father Dan Rehill on today's show. Welcome, Father Dan. Hi, good to be with you, Jenny. Yes, thank you. So Father Dan and I are hosting a retreat in January, and I will post all of the information in the show notes. As I am working um, with women in my ministry with midlife moms, my Catholic life coaching, leading retreats and speaking, there are certain um, struggles that women seem to have, and we are going to cover some of those in the retreat. A lot of times women don't understand their identity in God. They don't understand what it means to be a daughter of God the Father. So one of my goals is to help them encounter the Father. I think sometimes we know God, you know, like we grow up singing Jesus loves me and we hear God never forsakes us. And it's one thing to have the head knowledge of those things, but it's another thing to understand it in your heart. So one of the goals of the retreat is to help women encounter the Father. Once they've encountered Him, then they can be transformed by the Holy Spirit. They can be healed. They can be restored. A couple of the things that I see a lot with women, they carry around this tremendous guilt and shame. And often that shows up um, in their marriages, in their families, the way that they think about themselves, the way that they act in the world. And the reason these things are so important is ultimately, as women, we are called to magnify Christ in our life, in our little corner of the world is what I like to say. And if, if everybody stepped up and magnified Christ, the world would be a much brighter place. So, Father, let's talk about the way that sometimes the enemy works in our daily lives and stays hidden. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> well, as you mentioned, you know, he's called the accuser. Right. One of his titles. And if you, um, there's a very interesting scripture about uh, this, this man, Joshua, who stands before the throne of God and the devil is there accusing him of all his faults. And, um, and they're probably true. And then Jesus basically steps in and says, no, you've been forgiven. And he puts this cloak on him and, you know, a crown. And it's very uh, reminiscent of what happens with many people in this world is they're constantly playing these tapes in their head that's saying you're not good enough. You're not worthy. 
you're unlovable. Right. And if you go through life thinking you're not good enough, you're unworthy, and you're unlovable, you're going to be a miserable person. And you're not going to amount to much because you're just going to think you're a complete failure. You're not going to even try. Uh, Those are lies, and the lies have to be kicked out. And the easiest way to do that is you have to go, you have to have this deep relationship with the Trinity, but particularly with Jesus. Jesus is usually the entry point because uh, he's easier to relate to than the other two because one is a spirit and the other is this father who they think is this, some people think he's the ogre who's just waiting to catch us doing something wrong so he can squash us. Believe me, if he wanted you dead, you'd be dead. He doesn't need to wait around for a moment. Right. And that's not his nature anyway. But um, so I find when people have this very special relationship with, with the Trinity and they're receiving the love of God in their daily prayer and in their time in adoration and the Trinity is affirming them in who they are, once you have that, you don't need affirmation from the world. You don't. Uh, I just had somebody in confession recently. I don't know who it was because I don't know who's on the other side of the wall. But she was uh, – a lot of her sins were revolving around what people think of her and uh, the way people judge her. And how, and, I, and I said, you know what your problem is is really that you're not – you don't have the love of God in you. And so you're seeking all the, all these affirmations from everybody else in your life. And to be honest, like people are busy. They don't have time to sit around and tell you you're wonderful all day. So you're looking for love in the wrong places. You need to go to God. And once you're filled with him, then you you the fact that you don't need affirmation from anybody else is very attractive to people. And the funny thing is, once you step out in the world with that kind of Mm-hmm. self-fulfilled love in you and you don't need people to tell you who you are how great you are the great irony is suddenly everybody will want to be with you and they'll want to tell you wonderful things about you it's like the reverse psychology like once you don't need it everybody will start giving it to you but again you won't need it that's that's critical i i i love the story of saint josephine bakita mm-hmm. do you know her a little bit So born in the Sudan at the age of seven, she's slave traded, kidnapped, uh, and is marched across like 700 miles of desert barefoot, you know, burning her feet. She sold off about three or four times to horrible people that horribly abused her. Um, One of them would just cut deep wounds in all her flesh and then put salt in it just to, to accentuate the pain and also scar her. So this went on for many years, and then she finally got traded to a, a Catholic family who had a trip to Italy and she went as uh, to be the nanny. And there she discovered these nuns in the school and the nuns taught her about Jesus. And she couldn't believe that there was a God who he took the suffering and torture so we could have new life. Like to her, that was unfathomable. And so she actually gets baptized and she gets her freedom. And the, one of the greatest quotes of any saint of any time is her, but particularly knowing the way she suffered. She said, I was created by love. I am sustained by love, and love awaits my return. Mm, that's so I'm beautiful. Good. But that that last line, and so I'm good. Like, right. I don't need anything else. I'm good. No matter what happens, I'm good, because I know he's with me and he's waiting for me. Now, if we went through life with that mindset, and, and it really does take a big mind change, you know, Paul speaking to the Romans, and remember, the Romans were like, 
Rome was like the center of the universe. So Rome would be like New York City, all your very cultured, smarty pants people, right. wealthy. And he says to them, you know, you need stop following the world. You need to be transformed by the renewal of your mind to know what is the will of God, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. We need that today because a lot of people are looking for all of their satisfaction in life through the world, right? right? Through their shopping, through their eating, through their drinking, through their vacationing, through their everything. Those things are nice and there's a place for them and a time for them. But if that's the, the substance of your existence, again, you're going to be very unhappy. Right. So we do need to be, if we're truly Catholic, we're going to be looking different. We're going to be acting different. We're going to be responding to people differently. There's a lot of rude people in the world. You know, wherever you go, You the other day, I, I couldn't believe it. I was at a light. There was a, a green hour to turn right. The person in front of me is playing on their phone. Yes. Like, if you're in the driver's seat, please do everybody a favor and drive. That's right. your job so when you're in that seat. <laughs> So right. I did this tiny little boop on the horn, like literally boop, right. like just to let them know we're all waiting to turn. Go ahead. Slams on his brakes to let me know I'm not going to budge. And right. we sat there through the whole, yeah. So, and then tries to cut me off on the road when we finally do turn. I mean, crazy people. And, you know, sometimes when I encounter those people, I have to remind myself that they are bro broken and wounded. Yeah, I know. But my point is this. If you don't have this relationship that's right. continually filling you up, you won't be able to respond in grace. Right. Right? Yes, when absolutely. you do have that, you can respond in grace. Like right. the famous story I always tell about Mother Teresa being spit on. She wipes the spit off and says, well, that was for me. What will you give the poor? Like that's not a normal reaction. Right. That's a reaction that only comes from grace. Absolutely. But that's what we're called to live. Right. So it's all part and parcel, you know, the more we get built up by God in his love, the more we will identify as true sons and daughters of God, right? Right. And, and our Jesus example will build up others. Yes. Yes. Jesus is a king. So I always tell the kids, you know this, that means you're a prince or a princess of God. Right. Act like it. <laughs> yes. Right. One of, the, one of the other things that um, I think it's easy to struggle with is this thought of perfectionism, like everything. We live in a world where everything has to be perfect and you only have to go to social media or in the media to even see everything is through this lens of life is perfect. There are no flaws. There are no defects. And so it's easy to compare. And I speak personally, it's easy to compare your life to others and I always tell women, when you're comparing your life with someone else, you're usually comparing the worst of yourself to what appears to be the best of them. And so we tend to have this belief that anytime something goes wrong or there are crosses placed in our path, that we're a failure or something's wrong or we shouldn't have these crosses, we shouldn't have these struggles, but yet they're a great opportunity to grow closer to Christ. True. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, um, Jesus has out of his own mouth said, you, you have to pick up your cross daily, daily and follow me, which means there's, there's going to be one every day, big or small. Why? Because the, the cross is what draws us deeper in relationship with him. The cross is our ability to rescue souls because we can unite our crosses and sufferings to his cross 
and he converts it to grace to save souls. So this is how he wins the battle. So Satan does not have the last word um, if, if you are uniting your crosses to his and asking him to rescue souls. So the bigger the problem, the more souls can be saved. This, But you have to know this and you have to think this way. That's why your mind has to be renewed and transformed because most people look at trials and tribulations as a curse. Right. Why is God doing this to me? I don't think Jesus ever said that <laughs> when he was right. hanging there. He knew what he was he knew what he was doing on the cross. Our lady knew what he was doing on the cross. And although it was difficult, he did it because the love was greater than the pain. Right. That that's the whole if you want to get to the crux of every argument about life, the love has to be greater than the pain. Right. And when it is, you're going to be fine. But if people don't have the love, then the pain is everything. And that's all they focus on. Right. Yes. So during this retreat, you talked about our thoughts and and how our thoughts can go into a negative thought pattern. And so we're going to uncover um, some of those ways spiritually, but also through the way that your your mind naturally works. We're going to talk about those things. And, And scripture tells us, take all thoughts captive. And everything we do in our life begins with a thought. It begins mm-hmm. with, you know, what we choose to think that leads to how we feel, that then leads to the actions that we take. So, so from the life coaching point of view, we're going to talk about your thoughts and how important they are. You may get this question a lot. People want to know, like, can the enemy read your thoughts? When we talk about how the enemy can works in your day, does he can he read your mind, read your thoughts, or is he looking at your actions and the way that you react and respond? He can't read your mind unless you're talking to him. Like if you're talking to the devil with your thoughts, he's allowed access to that. When we talk to the saints and we pray to the saints in our mind, they have access to those because they're directed to them. So where we direct our, you know, our thoughts, it can open up the, the doorway to whatever we're addressing. But, you know, he's been studying mankind since Adam and Eve. Right. And we're not that original. Like, for those people <laughs> that think they're so different and special, you're not. So <laughs> he watches and he knows he knows how your, your behavior is going to go. And he can put thoughts in your head. That he can does do. He do so, that? Yeah. So does the Holy Spirit. So look at Peter. Peter... Uh, Jesus says, who do you say that I am? He says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He goes, oh, good for you, Peter, but that's not, you didn't know that on your own. That was the spirit of my father that that revealed that to you. So he's hearing from heaven. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes later, he's telling Jesus, don't go to the cross. It's a terrible idea. Right. He says, get behind me, Satan. He's now listening to Satan and thinking it's still the same spirit of God in heaven. So he, he Peter had no discernment qualities at that point. Uh, he would after the Holy Spirit comes, but Yes, they can invade your thoughts. I've had nuns, cloistered nuns who entered the cloister, you know, when they were like 18, and they're now in their 80s, and they're having these, during their prayer times, they're having images of uh, naked men doing all sorts of strange things, sexual things. And they say, I've never even seen a man's body. I don't know how these thoughts are coming to me. Well, it's coming to you from the enemy, of course. Right. So how do you protect yourself from that? Well, I mean, you can take authority over it. That's a whole other session of what to do there. Um, 
And then you just take it, you can turn anything into a prayer. So the minute it starts, you could just turn to Jesus, say, Jesus, these horrible thoughts are coming in and I don't like them. So I'm just going to focus on you. And I ask you to take just like uh, crosses, temptations can be offered to Jesus as well. Take these temptations and convert them to grace. Go rescue a hundred other men who are being tempted with this these thoughts. And he will. You know, Monsignor Rossetti, who's uh, the exorcist in D.C., uh, was relating a story about a fellow exorcist who was being physically pummeled by a demon. Mm-hmm. And the ex, the younger exorcist said to him, what am I doing wrong? I don't know why this keeps happening. And he's not listening to my commands. He won't stop when I tell him to stop. So Monsignor said, you know what? Start making a laundry list of what you want and just say, Jesus, apparently this is for a greater good. So I'm taking this these blows and I'm asking you to stop 100 abortions right now. Uh, have 100 marriages reconciled that are on the rocks. Have 100 priests that are about to leave their vocation come back to Jesus. And all of a sudden, they stopped. The devil, he'll get to a point where he's like, that's too much. We're not going to give you that. Right. And I, one of the things that comes up and I think a lot of people struggle with is the spirit of fear. The spirit of, and and under that fear is wanting to control things, wanting to be in charge, almost competing with God. Like, this is the way my life should go. If it's not going in that direction, instead of surrendering and allowing, just like he did, like, okay, if this is going to happen to me, then I'm going to offer it up for prayer. Mm -hmm. I think the spirit of fear and control keeps a lot of people stuck. And, and keeps them moving in the wrong direction. Every fear is directly related to losing something. Right. Just think of any fear. It's like, if I'm afraid of this because right. I, that woman might take my husband. I'm afraid of this because that the, my boss is angry, I might lose my job. I'm afraid of flying because I could crash and lose my life. It right. all goes back to losing something. So the quickest way to get over that is you have to get comfortable with death. You have to be okay with dying. People look at dying as a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. If your goal is heaven, and the only way to get there is through death, right? Uh, the death is not bad as long as you're living a good life. Right. You know, if you're living a very horrible life and, and you're going to go to hell, yeah, you should be afraid of dying. But <laughs> that's a valid fear, and, and you're going to have that until you change your life. Right. I think underneath that fear too, and this is one of the things we're going to talk about at the retreat is uncovering where the root of the fear, where it comes from and learning how to, because you are a daughter of God, because, you know, we have this Trinity and we have Jesus and the Holy Spirit, all of these things are happening in the darkness but we don't have to stay there. We have the power because of who we are in Christ, because of what he did for us. And so it's having an awareness of what's happening in your life and how the enemy may be trying to lead you down a certain path, but taking back this power that you have because of your faith and bringing everything into the light where healing, restoration, and transformation can happen. And it's easy to only think about the negative things and the bad things. But when you look at everything that we have, everything that God gives us to live this holy life and to become saints, it's truly remarkable. Yeah. And, you know, it all really points back to gratitude. Mm -hmm. If people understood, 
how much we have. And this is part of the problem is we take everything for granted because we've we've been raised this way. We've always had hot <clears throat> hot and cold running water. Excuse right. me, that's drinkable in our homes. We've always had a roof over our head. Uh, we have air conditioning in the summer. We have heat in the winter. You know, like 2 billion people on the planet, 2 billion out of 8 don't have that. Right. And if we would just know, if you visit one of these places, you know, go to Haiti and you'll see it. But all over Africa, too, and even South America, um, they don't have any of that. And some of them are very happy. Right. You know why they're happy? Because they're really dependent on God and he shows up. Right. And they don't need all the extra stuff. You know, up till 1900, there was no, nobody had air conditioning. Most people didn't even have electricity. It's, we've, we've become very soft and we expect a lot. Right. You know, I look at, I'm always fascinated when, you know, you go on vacation with a large group of people and they almost always, I, I look at the hotel. I'm like, wow, this is a beautiful hotel. Great. And somebody's like, well, I don't like it because it doesn't have this and the view isn't the perfect view and it doesn't have the, uh, just they have a laundry list of like, and I'm like, my goodness, like it's, you must be very difficult to please. And like there's, nothing is ever nice and it really is very nice, but you're only seeing the things you don't, that you, for some reason you had to have in your mind. That's a bit crazy. Yeah, They've done research, um, neuroscientists, that you cannot feel anxiety and gratitude at the same time. So anytime you feel anxious or overwhelmed, if you go straight to gratitude, your brain has to focus on one or the other. And if you go to gratitude, the anxiety falls away. My son took a new job and he was over the other day. He was complaining about his job and this is not right. And I wish it was like this. And when he left to go home, I said, when you get home, I want you to call me and tell me three things you're grateful for in your job, just three things. And so, of course, I called him because he didn't call me, but he had come up with three things he was grateful for. And they were legitimate things. And it completely changed his mindset. So instead of going down that dark path where, like you said, everything was wrong and everybody's out to get me, it was just that little shift, that little change and going to gratitude that completely opened him up to see he really did have a good job and there were lots of benefits to it. Plus, it's God loves gratitude. Right. And he really does not like people who are ungrateful. Right. Because, you know, this just happened to me. I got a horrible stomach virus about two weeks ago. I mean, it was the worst I've ever had. I could not keep anything down. I basically just lived in the bathroom for three days. Oh, gosh. It was awful. Uh, and it's in those moments when you're like, wow, my body works really well, like 99.999% of the time. And we just we just think of it as that's normal. But when you when it doesn't work, you're like, holy cow, like this is a train wreck. <laughs> I'm, you know, and then when you get healthy, you're so happy. Right. And those things are probably good for us because it reminds us of just how well everything is, right. but we forget. Absolutely. Yes. So our retreat coming up is January um, 12th and 13th at St. Catharines down in Columbia, Tennessee. The first night on the 12th, it's a Friday. We're going to start on Friday evening and we'll have a couple of talks from seven to nine. And then Saturday, we'll start with mass and then go from about nine to four. You and I will both give talks. We'll have some time for adoration and confession um, so like I said, it's an opportunity to encounter the love of the Father, 
to be transformed and healed by the Holy Spirit. So then you can go out and magnify Christ in your little corner of the world. If you want more information, I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can go to Catholic Moms in the Middle. Um, the retreat is going to be at St. Catherine's um, down in Columbia, Tennessee. For anybody who's listening and local, there's information on the website on accommodations where you can stay. There's a lot of women who are making it an overnight and coming with their prayer groups or their small groups. We've done this before, Father Dan, and it was a huge success. So I'm looking forward uh, to doing it again. Would you close us in prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this ministry, for the gift of this retreat, for the gift of all these women who will be coming to this uh, event. We ask you even today to begin opening their hearts to receive all you have for them, uh, that we would be inspired, that we would be uh, reconciled with you, that we would be filled with your grace, with your love, with your peace, your joy, and that we would then begin this new adventure of taking you out into the world and bringing many people back to you, all for the glory of the Father. You, Father in heaven, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Father Dan, thank you for joining me today. I look forward to the retreat in January. Yeah, me too. If you want to start your 2024 off with this amazing retreat so you can grow deeper in your faith, so you can grow stronger mentally, physically, and emotionally to become the best version of yourself, then go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com for all of the information. All right, friends. Until we meet again next week, go out and magnify Christ in your little corner of the world. God bless.